talking about separation and how life comes from life. It's just good chemistry here on the Rhyme and Reason Podcast, episode 177. There's a rhyme and reason for your life. There's a rhyme and reason why you're here. Give your time and season to the one who wrote your rhyme. Your rhyme and reason. Your rhyme and reason. Your rhyme and Hey there, Tony here. And I'm so glad you're back with the Rhyme and Reason podcast, episode 177. Hey, I ought to go, uh, no, no, I won't even go there. Um, you notice how at the beginning I talked about separation and life coming from life. Did you notice that? Uh, I'm going to pull those two things together, I think, somehow or another. And I've got a nice little song that I think I think it fits in here. And I was listening to some songs and I was thinking, I need to stick one in here that... Uh, goes with this kind of a theme, but I don't want it to be too sappy. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, uh, so I went I went looking deep into the archives, and uh, my archives go pretty darn deep. They go back into some really old music. Maybe I'll have to play some of that for you, and you can hear the goofy recordings. I, mean, I have shared some of it, but I mean, I haven't shared <laughs> some of it. I'll put it that way. But uh, I want to get right into it here. Um, you know, separation is a, it's a tough thing in life, but we all have to go through it, right? Uh, from time to time, in some way or another, there's lots of ways people do. Um, you know, death, of course, is one of them. And moms and dads have to raise their kids and then watch them leave and maybe go to school or start their lives on their own. There's that separation or Loved ones uh, being split up by wars and going to different parts of the country to do different things. It's, it's all kinds of separations. But I'd like to start out by saying how I know it's, I know it's not manly to cry. So I don't, as a rule. But, uh, but I'll let you in on a little secret that uh, I haven't talked much about with anyone except those closest to me. And um, it's that I have actually cried in my life. Even after I became a man, <gasps> you say, well, I don't cry at the drop of a hat and, you know, like over sad movies or because someone gave me something nice. Oh, this is so nice. I don't do that. I'm sorry. And I don't think it's manly to do that. So, you know, shoot me in the toe if you don't agree. I don't care. Um, in fact, as I look back over my life, I think my crying was always connected to separation. Uh, I'm pretty sure. And uh, that's what made me remember a verse in the Bible this morning where it says, um, Paul wrote this, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, for those of you who have tuned in and go, oh, no, it's one of those Christian things. Well, yeah, it is. But, you know, it's about real life, too. And, uh, you know, I, you might wonder, well, what does Paul mean when he says the neither death nor life part? How can, how can that be, you know, uh, a sense of not being separated? Well, as, as far as a death part goes, 
you know, at least if you're a Christian, you know, that God never leaves you or nor forsakes you. And you know that once you die, instantaneously you're in his presence. It says that in the Bible. So, you know, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Boom, boom. Well, you'll be separated from your body, but not from the living, loving God who made you. So that separation will be basically bodily. That's about it. Okay, well, what about the life part, right? Well, life happens to you every day you're alive. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. And it kind of reminded me of one, one of John Denver's songs where it said, some days are diamonds and some days are rust. Well, even on those rusty days when you don't feel lovable or worthy, your dumb deeds won't separate you from the love of God. They just won't if you love Him. When I was a young boy, my parents divorced, and they moved two big states apart. At the time, we were all living in Oklahoma, my mom, dad, and my brother and I, just the four of us, um, near relatives, but I mean just the four of us as a family. And when they split, my dad moved to Texas and my mom moved to Kansas, and that became quite a distance apart. Well, once the dust settled, twice a year, my younger brother and I would take a, a couple of 18-hour train rides. One was from Houston to Kansas City, and that was at the beginning of summer. And another from Kansas City to Houston was at the end of summer. And each year, while I was still young, I'd cry when we had to leave Dad for the summer months, and each year I'd cry when we left Mom to head back to Texas. Now, this is not when I'm 15, 16, 17. I don't mean those years. I'm talking about, you know, uh, 6, 7, 8, that, that time. Separation, it's tough on your heart. And that's because of the unknown. When you're not sure if you'll ever see someone you, you love, you'll never see them again, it can tear at your heartstrings. And at least if you're a caring, loving person, it should. But that's what is so cool about what Paul said when he described the love of God. Paul was convinced that nothing can separate those who love God from God and His love. No governments or powerful things, no created thing of any kind, and most importantly, neither death nor life itself. If you love God, He holds on to you like the most caring father holds his child, and you're in the best hands. And I want to ask you, faithful listener, what separation have you endured in your lifetime? Think back on it. Wasn't it painful? And what did you do to get through it? Well, the good news is you will never be separated from God's love if you love Him. And that's quite an empowering feeling, knowing you'll live forever with the one who made you and loves you that much. If you haven't already done it, please give your heart to God and, and get on board the train bound for eternity in heaven. Here's a rhyme that came to me as I thought about this this morning. It sounds... As I was writing it out, it sounded like a, a country song or a, I don't know, bluegrass kind of thing. But anyway, you, maybe you'll hear the, the rhythm in it. There's a train that's bound for heaven, and my ticket has been bought by the one who loves me truly, and I know he'll leave me not. So I drop my bags and troubles, and I jump on board that train. Everything I'll leave behind me won't compare to what I gain. 
And I don't know, maybe I'll have to turn that into... Maybe I have to do that. I don't know. What do you think? Send in your comments. Send in your feedback. Tell me, Tony, please, please don't. Don't record that. Or, Tony, please, please record that. <laughs> it's up to you. You uh, are going to tell me what to do, okay? And that's part of life. And that's my attempt at a segue. Um, this is really cool stuff. Life comes from life. And uh, my friend, Greg, whose humor rivals his intellect, by the way, and I'm not kidding around about that, it's true. He likes to point out both funny and serious things and finish by saying, it's just good chemistry. And on both the most basic and complex levels, that's the perfect description for how life comes from life. It simply makes good sense, and it's so easy to see. I mean, come on. Let me share some basic chemistry, and you'll see what I mean. Now, I know I've mentioned Dr. Walt Brown's uh, science book, the one called In the Beginning, uh, many times here on the podcast and on my blog. And in one section of the book, he talks about how it's extremely unlikely the chemical elements of life could have evolved. For example, carbon. You've probably heard the term carbon-based life forms, right? Lots of scientists and news media reporters and, and teachers love to use that description for humans. They say, we're just a bunch of carbon-based life forms. But really, that's just silly and outdated. And good chemistry proves we're much more than carbon, oxygen, and nitrogen. When you dig deep into the earth, to the layers of sediment that are supposed to have been here before life evolved, you'll discover the rocks contain very little carbon. And that's the exact opposite of what you should find if evolution is true. Still not convinced? Well, okay, how about oxygen? The Earth's atmosphere has oodles of oxygen. And if the Earth is billions of years old, a lot of things would have simply oxidized away in an oxygen-rich environment, right? Surely there was more of it back then. They say we're burning it up now, so come on, billions of years? And if oxygen wasn't plentiful, there wouldn't have been an ozone. And without an ozone the sun's ultraviolet rays would have destroyed everything. So talk about a catch-22. Which did we not have, oxygen or ozone? Okay, well, still not convinced, maybe. Well, what about nitrogen? Did you know clay and other rocks uh, absorb nitrogen? They do. And if there had been um, millions of years before life evolved on the planet... Uh, the rocks that were here should have absorbed tons and tons of nitrogen. But guess what? Archaeologists keep digging, but not finding those sediments. Hmm. Uh, now, I will say life happened suddenly, but not spontaneously. And if you look up spontaneous in the dictionary, you'll see that it didn't happen spontaneously. And when you're willing to go where the evidence takes you, Eternity in paradise can be yours. It can be yours. Eternity in paradise. Well, who doesn't want that? So are you willing to give it another look? Because it's just good chemistry. All right, before I sign off with the um, 
the points of contact. I'd like to insert that uh, piece of music. This is called See You Later. Get it? Separation, see you later. Anyway, here it is. See you later. There's a great fun.
Yep, see you later. See you soon. That does it for this episode of the Rhyme and Reason podcast. And I'm so grateful you're there. I'm serious. I can't tell you how much. I, I Each week I think I ought to be able to say some words that, um, that convey that, and, and I don't do it so well. But I do um, want to invite you once again to connect with me any of these other ways. You can share the rhymes and reasons that I have here and on TonyFunderburk.com. Share them with your friends and family. That helps. That's been going on. Thank you for those of you who've been doing that. And um, you can get uh, you can join the Rhyme and Reason Club and get some of the uh, music and book for kids uh, for free. You can discover my other ebooks on Amazon.com or Smashwords.com. And a great way to support is subscribe to this podcast and share it and get other people to join in with the uh, with the listening. That'd be great. Tell them, hey, hey, you got to listen to this guy. He shares goofy songs every week. It's, it's, it's funny. I mean, this guy, you know, he fancies himself to be a singer-songwriter. You got to hear this stuff. Anyway, uh, you can subscribe to uh, the podcast on iTunes or Google Play, and you can connect with the business side of me on LinkedIn. Circle me on Google+, follow me on Twitter, Watch my videos on YouTube. Find me on Facebook. I'm also on Reverb Nation, not on there very often. And occasionally I even post a a picture of something on Instagram. So I haven't mentioned that one before. But there it is. And until next time, uh, may God bless you and keep you. There's a rhyme and reason.